0: Today on the show, we're talking about get-rich-quick schemes by the very own Michael Scott from The Office. That's coming up next. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades.
1: All right. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Kirk, and I'm not a financial expert.
0: But I'm Jake, and I am the financial expert, and together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning, we look at articles about the economy, and review financial tools, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth both today and into the future. And we watch The
1: Office now. (laughs) I've probably made like 100 references to The Office. Um, and Give or take. Give or take. And sometimes you know what I'm talking about, sometimes you don't, because you have not watched the whole thing.
0: Correct. I have not. I have yeah. watched a lot of it. I'm familiar okay. with the characters, but I have not seen every episode. I Did you
1: watch this episode before I sent you the clip? No, I had not oh, okay. seen this. So, so you haven't even made it to like season
0: five, five, I think. Yeah, I think I've only seen the first four seasons. Three okay. or four. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I mean, the first seven are the best, obviously. That's when Michael Scott is there. The last mm-hmm. two, he's gone. So, uh, the, or Steve Carell. But yeah, it's, it's definitely my favorite show. I think it's hilarious because I've worked in offices and there's always a Michael Scott. There's always a Dwight. And um, you know, it's all, there's always the joke that if you think, or if you don't know who you are, you're the Dwight probably or something like that. Like, or if you think you're the gym, you're, you're probably really the Dwight. And it's oh, yes. um, like, you know, he's the goofy, you know, he's the, the, not just goofy, but just the kind of wannabe alpha who's really trying to get up the ladder, but never really is good enough or, or,
0: is too weird to be tries mad. a little too hard too
1: yeah and he's and and he's in particular extremely goofy <laughs> um, so anyway it's a good show it's I think it's hilarious I think it's well written and in this scene we're going to watch Michael Scott has money problems <laughs> and so since this is a finance show we thought we would give him some advice on what maybe he should <laughs> and shouldn't be doing in this episode um, although he gets a little advice in the clip so it's a four minute clip. We're going to watch it together. And uh, you guys, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can watch with us. If you're listening, you know it's, it, the audio, I think, is powerful enough where I hope uh, you'll get enough out of it. But you can go check out our Facebook page um, at Jake's Two Cents, I think, is the...
0: the mm-hmm. To okay. see the video.
1: To see the video. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen, and then we will begin watching all right oh let me start from the beginning we're gonna so we're gonna watch it's four minutes and three seconds and then we will comment
0: hey kevin you're a gambler right a rounder you round like uh ponies small horses i do gamble michael i was thinking about doing some gambling myself You know, just a little bit of money. Maybe doubling it and then doubling it several more times. I don't know. It's the dream. (laughs) Just for fun. I was thinking, do you have any tips or ideas about sure things? Like a boxer um, who is going to throw the big fight, you know? Like he's, he's tied into some crooked dealings and maybe his kid is sick or something. Like who would I call about that? Dang, boxers and their kids.
1: The mob. The Uh. Okay, um. Awesome. Oh, I'm gonna need
0: to take another advance on my salary. <laughs> <laughs> He's has been terrible with money. I bet it's
1: Jan spending them straight to the poorhouse. Yeah, women be shopping.
0: I can't believe he has a second job.
1: Not even good at his first one.
0: Hey guys. (sighs) What you talking about? (laughs) That awkward moment. Okay, I know what's going on. Talking about Jim and Pam. If they're having sex. What it looks (laughs) like. I I think. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Michael? What a doofus. Are you having
0: money problems? Monkey problems. No, I'm not having monkey problems. <laughs> Why would I have monkey problems? I know you heard me correctly. Oh, I hate monkeys. What's going on? Why do you have a second job? I don't have a second job. Maybe I am having an affair with Suzanne Summers. Doesn't Jan have money? I don't talk okay. to my girlfriend about money. It is rude and unsexual. True. <laughs> That's to hide our money problems from women. I totally agree with you. Good idea. But right? I don't have money problems. I All right. You know what? If I had money problems, would I do this?
1: <laughs> he put it in his pocket.
0: He crumpled. Just crumpled. Well, yeah. just put it in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I destroyed it. It's, it's not even usable anymore. <laughs> and it was just a dollar. Hey, cuz. Heard you're having money problems. No, you didn't. Listen, I got the answer. You declare bankruptcy, all your problems go away. Creed Bratton has never declared bankruptcy. When Creed Bratton gets in trouble, he transfers his debt to William Charles Schneider. How would that help, Creed? (laughs) Monopoly, you go bankrupt, you lose. You don't go by Monopoly, man. That game is nuts. Nobody just picks up get-out-of-jail-free cards. Those things cost thousands. (laughs) That is a good point. Bankruptcy, Michael, yeah, it's very good is point. nature's do-over. It's a fresh start. It's a clean slate. Like the witness protection program. Exactly. Not at all.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've always wanted to be in the witness protection program. Fresh start. No debts, no baggage. I've already got my name picked out. Lord Rupert Everton. <laughs> I'm a, uh, a shipping merchant who raises fancy dogs. That's the life.
1: It is. That's a good idea.
0: I declare bankruptcy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, that's not how it works.
0: Uh, Destroyed it. It's why it's not even you. Wow, that's hilarious. I mean, I, I—that is not how bankruptcy works.
1: You can't just yell it into your office. <laughs> you <laughs> I totally can, declare but bankruptcy. I don't think
0: the objective for doing it is going to be the same. Yeah, maybe not. Um,
1: so that was, yeah, that was a fun show. I think, you know, when I was watching it again, it always, now that I see it, it reminds me for those of you listening, how much of the show's humor is the reactions, just the reaction on like Oscar's face when he's asking about a fix (laughs) Oscar, (laughs) the accountant, Uh um, who's, you know, an awesome character. And he's just like, like, he kind of, you know,
0: yeah, making a very,
1: like what is wrong with this guy? He is so stupid. <laughs> but he <laughs> and feels, he's in charge. Th- yeah, and he's in charge. And I think he feels a, kind of bad for him to some degree, and it's it's interesting. But Michael goes through a lot of money issues and a lot of money problems, and he has he expresses a lot of common money viewpoints actually. Yeah, but even in a ridiculous way, mm-hmm. right? So let's go through the the clip. So the first thing he talks about is the. He wants to get a fix on, he wants to gamble.
0: Right. And that's that. In
1: order to make money.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. That's his goal, to fix his money problems. Right. So clearly there's an issue here, right? And this is, I think, something that's common with people to, you know, try to find the get rich quick scheme. I mean, even today, I will talk with clients or prospects who are looking for the next big thing, the thing that's the next big Amazon stock buy, the, you know, the next venture capital opportunity or something. And the, I think the message here, while it is ridiculous, the way that it's illustrated, because he's asking about, you know, finding the right boxer to bet on and and stuff like that. Got to find one with a sick kid. With a sick kid. (laughs) That's what it's all about. (laughs) But the message I think is that like, people do have that mindset sometimes. And that yeah. mindset can be troubling because it can prevent you from taking financial planning and investing steps in the beginning because you're sort of delaying, waiting for that next big thing to pop. And in reality, we know that that really doesn't happen. And even here on this ridiculous show, it's illustrated in the most ridiculous way, but it still you know, carries weight that people think that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely true that the mindset of he he has money problems. This is like not the beginning of the episode, and this is I think a two part episode. And he's been working. We find out he, in another episode he's been working a second job. Um, so he's been looking, or maybe it's even this episode, but he's been looking. Um, and part of it is, you know, we kind of heard this a little bit of the episode. But his uh, girlfriend has been spending a lot of money. She lost a very lucrative high level job. Uh, she was an executive at Dunder Mifflin at the company he works for. She was top executive. So she was making a lot of money. Then she made nothing. She moved in with him and, um, and they lost a lawsuit because she was going to go after the company because she they thought it was about, anyway, you can watch the show. It's a really spoiler funny scenario. alert.
0: Yeah. I'm so but, with spoiler alert. Well,
1: watch the show guys. Come on. It's a good show. It's great. <laughs> Come on. Um, I know you're watching something. If it's not office, I don't know what's up with you. <laughs> but yeah, so the, but the point is that he's like going through real money problems, right? He's, he's really, really, really in debt. And, you know, his first reaction is like, you're saying something that every, a lot of people have as a reaction, which is wanting to find some sure way to make extra money. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's, he talks about like a, a pony, right? Like, a, yeah. a, you know, are, are you, are you a, a He called him a rounder, which is a reference to playing poker, Uh, you know, and all these weird little things that he's just like, how can I make extra money? He's just Mm -hmm. desperately thinking of anything. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us have been in kind of that position where we're, you know, especially when we're younger, hopefully it doesn't happen as much in your older age, although he's in his forties, but you know, this, um, you know, it could happen at any time, but something where it's like, how am I going to make rent? I don't want to ask for money. For mm-hmm. people, right? Like, um, um, that makes me nervous to ask my parents or somebody else for money. Um, so they try anything. They try, you know, let me. What can I sell? You know, we've been through that. And then Michael Scott tries the ponies, yeah. right? And then yeah. he tries like, can I get another advance on my loan? On my uh, salary? on my
0: salary. That's yeah. the next
1: one. And Oscar, the accountant, looks at him like. No, he doesn't answer. I don't think, but he's
0: he looks at him like
1: he looks at him like, no, you can't. Like it doesn't (laughs) like that way. I can't just give you all the advances for like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that part. And then they go into the conference room or the the Mm -hmm. uh, lunch room or whatever.
0: And he illustrates a very important thing when he goes in there. And it's something that is a fundamental breakdown with couples in particular. Yeah, that part. And one of the reasons that he's in this situation, he's not talking to his girlfriend about this, right? Which I get, this is a show, it's comedic. But the point is that he's actively pursuing ways himself to make money to overcompensate for this overspending that's occurring in his household. Whereas he's not addressing the issue to begin with. And that's something that's common as well for couples, yeah. because we don't like to talk about money, especially if we don't have it, or we have a problem like debt that gets really uncomfortable, but you can see in this clip, what happens when you don't talk about it and how yeah. it can blow up in your face. And then you look pretty ridiculous. It even worse. Hopes. Yeah yeah so i I wanted
1: to talk about this for a minute because it's something we've talked about many times before you've even done a full show with like early on in the show's history with Marco and Hilary Romero and their money you know mm-hmm. discussion because they're very good about discussing it, and most people aren't and but we've talked about that a lot and that is a huge issue it's the number one reason people get divorced or married, couples get divorced is because of financial problems now the thing that I found really smart about this episode and and the writing. And this is, I think there's a lot more going on in the writing because there's psychological things that we as people in real life probably don't explicitly think about, but that are there. Right. So for instance, the way he expresses it is that the reason he doesn't tell Jan, his girlfriend is because it's unsexual, right? It's not sexy to talk about uh-huh. money problems. Mm-hmm. And there's some truth to that I think in in terms of how we feel about our partners and like their desire for us, especially and I do think it's probably still somewhat although maybe culturally this is changing it's still probably pretty heavy on the man to have that and, and for,
0: to provide and take care yeah, of Yeah, and
1: for and things. that's part of like what's tied up in his own self-image as well mm. as his perception, maybe this isn't always reality, although sometimes it is reality. This is just, we're straight facts, right? That yeah. the woman uh, or that, that heard desire for him is somewhat attached to his ability to make money to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, now couple by couple, this is going to change. It's not a universal truth. This is just something that sometimes often sometimes can be true. And looks like it, quite often it can be true. And so I think it's interesting that he reveals that. And I think it's even smarter that he enters the room in terms of the writing, he enters the room and there's this other couple that he's fantasizing about. Right. And he, so there's this, there's this connection between like sexiness in his mind. And he sees this young hot couple in his office and thinks of them as sexy. Like are you guys thinking about, and then, but we find out that like he has this really weird messed up view of money and romance and you know the the one person who you know gives him daps is uh, Kevin, who is a really bizarre, weird character, very goofy guy himself. Uh-huh. He's in a, he's the worst accountant. Um, you know, there's three accountants. There's yeah. three at this little company um, at this mid you know at this one office at this mid range um, paper company. And he is definitely the one that is not needed at all. Like if you, if there ever was an accountant not needed, it's Kevin below. And I just thought it was very interesting that, you know, Michael Scott is very nervous about, or or just thinks it's unsexy to tell Mm -hmm. his wife or his girlfriend, I should say about her money, about his money problems, even if, you know,
0: she may be a part of it. Right. I think the reality is that it is unsexy to talk about it, but that's a good that's, way to put it. Yeah. That's that's the facts that we deal with. So the, the solution is we don't talk about it and then we get into a situation like this, or we just push through and acknowledge that this is not the most pleasant experience, but we're in this together and we've got to figure it out. So I think that's where you got to address it and just move past that because it's never, it's never going to be sexy unless you're making, you know, a billion dollars a year or something. But even then you can still have money problems, right? Because then you have too much or something else is going on. So equating Mm -hmm. financial success, the dominant male role that plays in the household finances with sexiness and attractiveness is not really a healthy connection to make with a couple for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think it's um, unfortunate that you know, we think that, and, you know, I, I didn't think of it as like, it is unsexy You're right. Um, but it's something that like, if you want to move on from, it, you know, it's a good sign. If you can have these conversations, if you can't, Absolutely. then it's probably time to try to find somebody new, right. It's mm-hmm. not, if, you know, for a relationship and that's part of what you kind of learn in this episode and, you know, about this couple. And actually the episode goes on um, where, or maybe it's part two, where he uh, eventually ends up when Oscar does like a little accounting thing with him. He has an Excel sheet and he shows him like these bars of how much money he's spending on this X Y Z, which now is all done automatically. But this was like 2009 or whatever, and yeah, uh, may not have been as computer savvy. And anyway, so <laughs> when when um, they have to go tell Jan the girlfriend that it's that he's in, in in crazy debt he she like uh he tries to spin it in a fun way it's like yeah i think you know whatever and i don't remember how he puts it and then but she's really smart she figures it out and so the next day he just like starts running away and he hops on a train like like not just a like a passenger train like a freight train because they're by tracks and he's just sitting there like a hobo but she goes after him and they you know you have to watch the episode
0: to see what okay. happens yeah
1: yeah but anyway, that's um, so that's where it's headed.
0: Got it. And
1: so, you know, because there's a lock under this, this scene
0: here. Right. I think the last scene as well in the clip is also very telling and something that needs to be pointed out. So when he goes back into the break room and Creed is in the corner, <laughs> Creed goes to the extreme, right? The most extreme thing that you can do is bankruptcy when it comes to handling debt, right? Cause yeah. that's the, that wipes it out. But the thing that I want to point out with this scene is that Creed is that, is that character, which is also a person in real life that has the answer, right? And I'm putting that in, in saying mm, yeah, yeah. because these people are everywhere, right? They know yeah, the best that's... talk to invest in. They know the best solution for this. They know that the way out, And to take someone's words like that as gospel is also very uh, concerning. So you have to watch out for that if you're being open and vulnerable. I realize this is a silly example, but Michael is still trying in some ways to be a little open about this because it's a real problem. And so he's really taking what Creed is saying to heart. And that's why he comes out exclaiming at the end, like, I'm filed for bankruptcy. I declare. I
1: declare. Right, I, declare. I declare bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And, and Oscar tries to tell him, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> and, uh, cause it's cause he calls it nature's do over, <laughs> which is not quite <laughs> an accurate way of describing it at all. Um, now, maybe this is a good opportunity to, to explain when bankruptcy is a good idea. Personal bankruptcy. Maybe you could tell us when it is a good
0: idea. You know, and and that's a tough question too, but I think one of the reasons that it's very difficult to answer is that there's a lot of stigma around bankruptcy, right? Mm. People associate a lot of negativity and failure with bankruptcy, but it doesn't have to be associated with that, right? I think it's a, depending on the circumstances that got you into the position where you might be facing bankruptcy, that's... That has already occurred. So if you're at that situation where I can't, I cannot physically, there's no end in sight. I can't climb out of this hole that I'm in. I need help. It is more than okay for you to just look at research and talk to experts about what happens if I file for bankruptcy, because sometimes your life post bankruptcy might be so much better, even if you have, you know, a 500 credit score coming out of it, right? If you're in a situation where you've got a house already, you have your car paid for, and for some reason, you just have a massive amount of other kind of debt or healthcare debt or something that's just weighing you down. And the, because the main drawback to bankruptcy is that it ruins your credit for a period of time, right? So- seven years seven years, right? It's going to stay on there. So if you're in a situation where you might need like a new car and you need financing for that car in the next couple of years, bankruptcy is going to ruin that plan for sure, right? Same goes with a, a goal of like buying a house or or if you, if, you're, if you need to move, bankruptcy is going to make those things more difficult. But if you're in a situation where you're relatively stable, excluding all the debt, which is kind of difficult to picture, but it's possible, right? I can make ends meet, but I still have $100,000 in credit card debt that people are calling me and, and, and driving me crazy and scaring me about it. Maybe you need to take a seven-year hard look and reevaluate the way in which you deal with finances. And so bankruptcy, because it's on your credit for seven years, is going to force you to really do that. So that could be a, a potential positive outcome. That could come from that process, but overlook the stigma too, because it is sort of one of those things that's very touchy and like, I've failed at everything if I have to go through this, but also, you know, medical costs in the United States are astronomical, especially if you have an unexpected accident. And that's the number one reason that people file for bankruptcy is to try to get rid of medical debt. So it's not as though all of your poor decision-making led you to this point. It could be other external factors. And so you need to weigh those options and not have the stigma and go talk to somebody about it. Now, but
1: I just want to get clearer on what bankruptcy exactly is, because obviously there's there's misunderstanding, right? Like Michael Scott misunderstands what it is. He thinks it's nature's do-over. Obviously it's a legal move, right? Like the only bankruptcy I really understand is chapter 11 to some degree, which is what a company does when they're reorganizing. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going under, but they have all these assets and they need to kind of move them around. And chapter 11 is assigned by the court to basically help to mediate that with their debt holders Mm -hmm. so that they can kind of get out of this problem and, and have some of it even forgiven, perhaps, or whatever. You know, if they sell off X, they get this amount off, whatever. So with, with a person, like if I, Kirk Barbera, wanted to uh, to file for bankruptcy, um, what would that exactly mean?
0: So it depends on the type of bankruptcy. So, like you alluded to, Chapter Eleven as relates to corporations, but there's you know other different levels of bankruptcy, and depending on which one you file with, will depend on what types of debts are essentially written off. Of your obligation. And the reason that that happens is because you have no financial means to remotely cover those debts. And those debts are things like maybe a car loan, credit cards, um, a second mortgage, health care debt, student loan debt actually does not count. Even if you file for bankruptcy, you cannot get rid of student loan debt, privacy. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Federal student loans, yeah. Which a lot of people are pissed about. Yeah. Which I agree, I understand that one. I think you should be able to, but. So, but bankruptcy wipes those things clean, but it's not just wiping those things clean. There's a process to doing it. You have to admit a certain amount of fault and you also have to be extremely transparent with what you have. Because they only allow you to keep certain things. So like in your example about chapter mm. 11, right? If I'm a corporation, I might still have pieces of real estate that I could liquidate to at least pay a portion of the debt in, as yeah. part of the restructuring. But if I'm an individual and I just have so much credit card debt that my salary doesn't even pay the minimum, that's a different story. So now that's going to be written off because I don't have any resources at my disposal to try to salvage that. And that's the other important thing too, is it's not nature's reset because no, nature they will, <laughs> they will make you get rid of things, right? So if you have probably more than one car, they'll probably make you sell one of the two cars or, oh, wow. you know, they will let you keep your house, what about stocks? but they're going to make you sell your stocks, right? So unless they're in a retirement account and then sometimes they're protected, but mm. even still, if it's sizable enough, they're going to make you do some things. So it's not a pleasant process, but the process itself, the objective is to eliminate debt that you just cannot manage period ever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's other things to do before bankruptcy. I'm sure like you can work with debt consolidators. You can work with Mm -hmm. a lot of times the companies might work with you um, on your debt, you know, to help you out, to stretch it over time, yep. um, things like that. So there are obviously bankruptcy should not, just like Michael Scott, you should look for other options, but just not the ones he did. Right. He, he, he looked for a lot of weird options to make more money, to get a side job. He did have a side job where he was a telemarketer. And, you know, so there's there's other things to do before bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is a last option, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is an option and it, it there are times when it can be appropriate yep. um by the way so there was two other points i wanted to ask you about real quick one was the creed um taking all his debt and putting it on to william um whatever his name is which i I, think is that guy's real name because you know creed bratton is a real person so the guy who plays creed bratton his name is creed bratton the the actor and he was a um grass he was a musician at the in the Ban the grassroots in the seventies. And he actually did kind of like, so some of the stuff that makes it into the show is actually kind of true about his oh, real wow. life. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's his original name, William, I think I could whatever. be wrong.
0: Yeah. William, whatever he uh, showed on that passport.
1: Yeah. And anyway, um, so I wonder, like, <laughs> that's one way to get rid of your debt. I mean, that to would find be something.
0: considered identity theft, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. that's ident- identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Yeah, so and this is and then they have identity theft right next to him, Um, and then there is the thing with him crumpling up the money, which is funny, but I do think there's also a truth in that, in the sense that he's you know, a lot of times we pretend like we don't have money problems and especially in a group. Right. Mm -hmm. So we might go um, to a restaurant with our friends and, you know, try to pretend like, and and try to order like a salad. And, and then it gets us in weird situations with them because they order all steaks or something. Yeah. And then we split the bill. (laughs) And then it's like, you get, I don't know if you've ever seen, that's an episode on that's an episode of
0: friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. And I, I actually have encountered that recently myself is, I'm making more money. And I've had friends of mine who haven't or aren't as mm-hmm. much. And we go to a nice restaurant. It's like, yeah, I can't split this bill right you now. <laughs> <Like, laughs> and I was glad that they were honest with me. And and so anyway, that, that kind of thing is important too. So obviously he's it's a joke, he's crumbling it up. But yeah. we have this tendency where we're so afraid of telling people or letting people know that we have money problems that we'll do anything to prove it, including mm-hmm. getting ourselves even more in. To debt Debt. (laughs) and make it even worse, like spend, you know, money on food that we wouldn't, you know, just to prove that we don't have problems.
0: Right. But I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point actually. And something that needs to be, there's sort of like, I, I think of, I associate one, that, um, type of shame or, or, uh, unwillingness to acknowledge the situation you're in as like lifestyle creep, Right, so as we're progressing, mm. people progress faster than others, and so uh, it's our maybe our natural tendency to try to keep up. But at some point, we have to graduate from that need to be um, to up with fit the in or to be, you know, per- perceived as a certain way, because we still have to go home at the end of the night and have a place to live and have bills to pay and have a life to live, and so that should always be the most important thing. First. And I think you should never feel ashamed to tell someone, I can't order this, I can't split that bill, I can't do that. That's out of my budget. Because trust, if they have an issue with it, they shouldn't be around you anyway, because those aren't the try to the kind of people that you should emulate. Just to be clear, if they if
1: your friend has an issue with your money problems. You correct. Not yeah. not like no, I'm sorry. That's not the way I'm. If your friend has a issue with you telling them that you have money problems, not that mm-hmm. you do have money problems. So in other words, you want friends who understand where you're coming from, yeah, and that you have problems, and they're still your friend, right? And they're like, right. "Oh, I understand. Sorry, we won't, you know, do this." I think in um the show Friends, they didn't really resolve it very well. But I think like, what did they do? They uh, because they both fought about it. Like there was people who are making lots yeah. of money. They the group probably oh, well, got-
0: split into into two, two people yeah. Two, yeah but then
1: monica loses her job and then they yes. all get very sympathetic and supportive and they don't but they don't really show like how they resolved like so do they not go to fancy restaurants anymore or what do they do they kind of just let it go as like everybody you know loved her but i my assumption is like one way to solve that problem is to uh, i know these shows way too well let's do <laughs> <laughs> like I can't believe i remember this from all that uh but it's to uh to make sure that you know, with your group of friends, they're, they're on your side and that they, you know, will then with you go to places that aren't as expensive, which does mean that there may be times when you don't go to a restaurant with your friends. Right. Like if you go to a restaurant, like I went to Fogo de Chao, um, you know, not too long ago. And there's a couple mm-hmm. people like, I can't do that. Right. Because yeah. we got like a you know, I mean, it's, it's like 80 bucks or whatever for the or 70 bucks, I think. And then, but then we got like a $140 nice. steak on top of that. And it was like, and that was just the steak. And so anyway, right. it's very so that's expensive. Not something for you can
0: meal. do all the time. Yeah.
1: But, and some people could never do it right now. I right, think it's not a good idea. So yeah. yeah, you have to work with your friends. And if they're your friends, you can, you know, they can go to their fancy restaurant occasionally, but hopefully they'll want to spend time with you as well. So that's, and if they don't, then you should lose those friends. They're,
0: not good I, yeah. Yeah. They're, They're just going
1: to cause friends. you to get in more. This is the keeping up with the Joneses problem, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're consciously, constantly trying to do what other people do at your detriment. And it's not necessarily what's in your best long-term
0: interest. Hmm. Yes, exactly. And you know what? It's not cute when you're 45 and you have <laughs> nothing and, and you're in a lot of trouble financially because you spent the majority of your other years keeping up with, the Joneses. Yeah. It's not, not a cute yeah. look.
1: Well, that's Michael. <laughs> he's yeah. 45 See? See? and he's and is and the... it's not cute. And you're just going to yell. I declare bankruptcy into your yeah. office and everyone's gonna be like, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah that's <laughs> exactly. what you're going to look
1: like. <laughs> that's you. Don't do it.
0: Don't yep. do it. All right. All right. Well, that's money lessons from Michael Scott in the office. <laughs> I love it. There you go. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's two cents and check out the blog at jakes two cents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth financial network member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.